Hello and welcome to the edition of Open All Hours from the most boring football club in the country where nothing ever happens. So I'm joined with three other QPR fans. It's mega press panic button day. The red button is flying. Clive Whitnam is here because it's only ever joins us when it's a disaster or something's bad's happened that we get a new manager or sack one or we're going to get relegated or whatever. Hi, Clive. Hi, mate. Yeah. Horseman, Welcome back. The headless horseman of the apocalypse tuning in here, yeah. Yes, yes, you guess. Well, yeah, I suppose so. Um, we've got Robert Gilbert is back after a wee break. Um, Hello. You're looking like you're sitting like in the manager's chair, Robert, I have to be honest with you. It's like, you I know, wish, I wish. It just happens to be a comfy chair I've got at home. Excellent. Did you finish your trick-or-treating? Yes, yes. Kids are very happy. A good haul this year. Excellent. Talking of which, Simon Hall is here. Hello, Simon. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you doing? Not so bad. Right. Clive, I want you to kick off because you wrote about a new manager last year um, before he's come to the club. So you obviously did your research then. What's your thoughts? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, we've been looking at him for a very, very long time. Um I think he was well. He was he was definitely on the list when we ended up hiring Mick Beale because of obviously how well Beale interviewed by all accounts, and then wanted him when we hired Critchley as as well. But Critchley was available for free, and and this guy had a had a buyout clause, which either they've decided to pay now, um, possibly with some may trade money, or um, with the Swedish season being over and him only having one year left on his contract, perhaps it's not such an issue. Um, there's actually the uh, relative of a Hammerby board member on our message board at the moment, sort of giving all the details about it. And apparently the QPR have paid about £300,000 or something to, to buy him out of his uh, of his deal there. So, yeah, we've been looking at him for a long time. It, it makes a lot more sense than Gareth Ainsworth ever did. Like when you look at what they were trying to do and the, the progression from one coach to the other, it's much more a sort of Warburton, Beal... I know Critchley was terrible, but in, in theory, it made sense. It's much more, you know, the, the lineage and the continuation that we were meant to be going for. It's just that it's just a huge, huge job. You know, you've you've spent the summer basically letting Gareth, you know, dictate who you're bringing in almost and spending what budget there was left and trying to sort of create this weird hybrid that he didn't ever seem certain between whether he wanted to turn us into Wickham or not or... So you've let him do that. You've let him have his whole summer. And now you've got this guy who's basically ends with polar opposite in every possible way. Who's got to come in midway through a season with no time to spare big game on Saturday and get this ethos that he espouses across to a sort of demoralized and not very good group of players. So it'll be interesting to see how he does, but I'm a lot happier with him than I was with Gareth, sadly. So do you think Marty will... His record, um, what's it? What what's it like, Simon? Um, you you had the interview. You've you've researched him as well. What's his win ratio like? His win ratios aren't too bad. I mean, the main the main things he's done. He took over a side in Norway, which were in a very similar position to us. He got them relegated, but he actually stayed and did a bit of a rebuild and left them in a higher position before we ended up going to Denmark, where he took over one of the big four in Denmark with Allberg. So clearly mm. there's clearly there's something there about him. Um, he ended up leaving there to go to Hammerby, by all accounts, because of his, um, his wife wanted to move there. Um, he did a good job in Hammerby in the, in the first season, by all accounts, got them into Europe, managed to get them managed to get them to a Swedish Cup semi-final. Um, by all accounts, again, because this is all me reading stuff off the internet, he sold them um, quite a few players in the summer, so they had a big turnover. He left them in sixth place with one defeat in 12. I mean, there's some things which came up as well, that by all accounts in June, he had a massive training ground bust-up with, with his squad about some um, systems, formations, 
and that sort of thing. So it's going to be an interesting one for him. It's going to be an interesting one for him coming in with the squad he's got. Um, I'll talk about the podcast that I listened to later, no doubt, but it certainly was very, very interesting. But I think the one nagging doubt for me is listening to him. He sounds absolutely fantastic. And I'd be absolutely delighted to have him and I'd be really confident with him building. But my main problem with that is if it was in the summer. My big concern at the moment is he's got a lot of ideas. He's got a lot of plans, which are absolutely fantastic. But we're in panic mode at the moment. And I do I do have a nagging doubt and quite a big nagging doubt about whether now was the right time to appoint him. And I can almost see it as it's either going to be successful or he's going to be out in February. I don't think there's going to be anything in between. That was still on QPR, Simon. You have little faith. You have little faith. And for people like me who struggle with pronunciation and you're a teacher, what is the correct pronunciation of his Sequentes. name? Sequentes. Say that again? Sequentes. Oh. Or Marty. Yeah, well, yeah. Every time I say Marty, I think of wet, 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 low. <laughs> but no, good. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, Robert? I mean, they've obviously gone and done the research, and 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 of I I I was kneeled on it was going to be Warner because a short term option, and thought to myself, well, they get Warner again, or no, no, like, we'll end up with Nathan Jones. But did not see this coming. Although I'm sure there's some people on Twitter who knew knew more than me. What's your thinking, Robert? Yeah, I I didn't see it coming at all. I mean. It did seem that it would be Warnock because essentially we've got no football department at the club. Now Ferdinand's gone. Uh, Lee Hoos and Gareth Ainsworth were running that side of things. And it, it just sort of seemed that Warnock was... I always think if the fans are suggesting someone, then it's probably wrong because we, we as fans don't really know anything. And that was proven to be the case when, um, well, Ainsworth came in, when um, Holloway came back. Well, it, it, do you know what I mean? If the fans are suggesting someone, it's probably not not a good idea. Well, that I mean, was Amit's idea. All the, on paper, Warnock did seem perfect. But, yeah, they, they pulled this. Maybe they just found a piece of paper in, in Les's old desk uh, with, with his stats on. And may, maybe there's more joint-up thinking than we realise at the club. But I mean, it, it it's a hell of a of a play by the club because you know Warnock is the um, you know the championship Allardyce kind of your sure thing. You 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 pull the Neil Warnock cord, pull in case of emergency, and look, we have an affiliation with him. We're not a, I mean, he's managed most of the championship, but we've had, we've got an affiliation with him. It seems so obvious. Uh, the situation's so dire. Um, but I, I kind of want to say fair, fair play to them that maybe they realise, God, we've had a mental year and trying to make this team into something it's not, trying to get Chris Willock and Richards and Chair just play long channel balls in for a Sinclair Armstrong to chase down. And, and those play these players... Who is this Richard to, you talk? Who is this Richard you talk well, about? I've heard, I've heard rumours of it. Um, and, and they can't do that. So I, I guess maybe they've looked at it and thought, well, no, we've got the players to play this more progressive football. Um, and they've gone for it. But yeah, like I say, it's it's a hell of a gamble. Uh, but it's exciting. I've got to say, it is exciting. It's, it's, certainly, it's certainly a good deal more exciting than looking forward to going to Rotherham to watch more aims with football. Um on the, the no football department point, I mean, like I said, this is an appointment from that they wanted to do a year. I think it's data and analytics led by the re, the recruitment department, which Andy Belk is in charge of. I think I think it's come out of Okay. I think it's come out of that. On Warnock. I mean Warnock's Warnock's negotiating from a position of strength and we're negotiating from a position of weakness. Warnock doesn't need a job. He's basically retired now. He's seventy-five. He can pick and choose the jobs he wants and he can dictate the terms that, he, that uh, when he goes into those clubs. He's, his stock is high again now because he saved Huddersfield last year when nobody thought he would. And he knows that any job that comes up in the bottom six or seven of this league this year, he's going to be the favourite for and he's going to get a phone call. My understanding is that to take a job like ours, he would be looking for an enormous bonus for keeping the team up and, and a budget in January to spend to try and achieve that. 
and we can't mm-hmm. offer either of those things. Even if even if Warnock was going to be an option for us, and we did consider it and whatever, we can't off we can't offer either of those things. Um, so he was probably more of a non-star. I thought I thought it was very likely. I thought they could use Warnock as a short term, hopefully stay up and then get their shit in order. Basically, like get this director of football thing done just clean house at the top of the club there's no sort of fresh ideas or impetus or or anything at the top of the club it just feels rudderless and stale so leave Warnock to do Warnock things for the rest of the season and then get your shit in order and then make an appointment like Sifuentes next summer and and start building from there but they've decided to go for the the short-term option my fear like Simon is having taken a long-term option you know, this is going to be a massive switch in style of play and there's going to be a lot of terrifying passing around in our penalty box. No, oh God, don't. With, with players and a goalkeeper that I don't think can do it. Um, well, they won't put it into it's, the it's going to be night and day. You know, we stood at Leeds the other week and watched Steve Cook, like, with his arms out like that, going, what do you want me to do? Just punt him laws for Sinclair Armstrong and get him fed up with it. And we said... You know, Steve Cook and Jack Colbeck and people like that don't want to play like this. It's going to be completely the other way now where you've got Begovic with the ball on his goal line looking for a pass in his six-yard box and things like that. And people are going to get aggy, like, because football supporters do. They'll be like, get it out of there. So if it doesn't go well, and look, the team, all the problems that Ainsworth had with this team still exist for this new guy. Chief among them, there isn't a goal in this team. There isn't a single goal in this team. I'm constantly amazed on the rare occasions that we do score because we never fucking look like we're going to to me there isn't a goal in the team so that won't change and if results don't turn pretty swiftly and we're playing this sort of football in the box then you know mood turns we've all stood in away ends and this is a long-term appointment and what I hope is if we if we do go down to league one which I still think is a fair old chance because we can't score goals that he's going to stay regardless and build us back sort of Kieran McKenna style at, at Ipswich or whatever, that this is a long-term, that we're not going to do what Simon said, which I fear, which is, mm. you know, if in 20 games we're still in the shit, we then press the Warnock button in March and end up spending all the bloody money anyway and you've blown this long-term option. I I just hope that I've got enough faith in QPR left to think that they won't do that, that for better or worse now, this is it and this is the project that we're going on. Do you know what I, I, I kind of think that drives me mad? Well, actually, lots of things drive me mad, to be fair, but nothing less a lot to do with football, is I find it amazing that every manager we've had in the last, what, eight years of this new change of direction, they fancy everyone who's in the youth. They fancy everyone who's a reserve goal, or the, key, the, the goalkeeping coach. Everyone stays the same, but the manager constantly changes and maybe brings in a reserve um, assistant manager, whatever the you know the coaching staff changes a wee bit. Probably Beale had more staff than most people they brought in, and and Warburton. I find that quite incredible. But I also what what worries me is I don't know what you think, Clive. Everyone thinks, and what I read and what I hear, this is going to be a silver bullet for Willock here, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think Willock is Willock, and I, I think he's playing to go on trial at the end of the season when his contract runs out and join somebody else but that's just my personal opinion I just don't know what's in it for Willock I don't know if he's going to be that silver bullet for him am I just being wrong and perhaps Willock and Richards and Cher will as Robert says become the player well Richards will have to turn up first so I don't know what's going to happen with him is he the cure for this disgruntled group of players is my long-winded question and why do all managers seem to fancy the same youth system which gets beat regularly 7 and 8 nil? 9-0 to Fleetwood the other day. Yeah, under 18s lost, so they're obviously doing well. Um, on the staff point, I just think we're packed to the gills down there with staff now. There's the staff down there that joined for, for Warburton, for Ferdinand, for Beale, and and for Ainsworth. And you know, as these new Ainsworth brought all these sports science people in, in the summer, as far as I'm aware, nobody really left. No. So Ainsworth sort of chucked them under the bus last year when he was defending Balogun, said, oh, you know, he was misdiagnosed, there won't be these injuries next year, basically said the sports science and the fitness lot weren't up to it. But as far as I know, they've been de facto demoted and most of them are still there. So you've got more people than you need and you've got some very disgruntled people down there. And that's the same all the way through. Like, the academy isn't isn't producing either results or players. 
and yet there doesn't seem to be accountability for the people that are in charge of it or or running it. There just seems to be this malaise all the way through the club. Uh, same people doing the same things, apart from Les Ferdinand, who resigned. He wasn't sacked. Everybody that was responsible for last season and the collapse and the catastrophe that last season was is still there, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, um, yeah much. So, so that confuses me. I, I just think the club needs a, a a total clean out, like a massive blow through. I think there's cobwebs everywhere. And that's, there. uh, and that's the reflection on anyone. They've been here for a, a number of years. Things haven't changed greatly. You would say the youth team hasn't developed six or seven players, and the players that they, I mean, Drew making his debut last season at what 22, 23 was possibly yeah strange within itself. Will it? Will it? Uh, will it? We'll see. I don't think. He's. I don't think he wants to be here anymore. I think he's been eyeing up a free transfer next summer for about eighteen months already. Um, I think his dad's a bit of a problem, from what I hear. Um, so whether he'll suddenly magically start playing, but the sort of theme through it all is, however badly this goes, or well this goes, or you know whatever, it can't be any worse than what we've been watching over the last few weeks. I mean, I defer to Simon and Rob now, but it cannot get any worse than some of the medieval slop we have been travelling the country watching for the last few weeks. Like, however badly you thought it would go with Gareth Ainsworth, it was so much worse. The, the trouble is, Robert, um, I, I find myself at times, and I'm a, I want to go after work um, because there's very few decent people in football. One thing is it's decent, you know, but it just wasn't going to work. Why didn't they pull the plug at the international break when it was so obvious that that would have given us a little bit of time to get the squad together? Or because did they always know this guy was going to be on the Marty was always going to come in. I've got no idea. The only thing can be is that they used the international break to sound out who was available before pulling the plug. Yeah. Um, that that can only be it. And they didn't want another... They didn't want Paul Hall taking over, basically. And they thought, well, maybe Ainsworth will nick us a point somewhere along the way. But, yeah, the, the fans... Yeah, it was done after Blackburn. It was obvious. Um it, you know, you, you you woke up every day on that international break expecting the, the corner flag picture to be up on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I think perhaps they were working on the international break on Cifuentes and, and they've used that for now. And look, I personally don't like that because Ainsworth's uh, he's a hero at QPR and it, it's such a shame that he was sort of chucked under the bus. He was, above, he was promoted above his level, but then he was left there for too long. Um, and that doesn't sit quite right with me, but uh, yeah, it, it is such a shame that it didn't work for him because it seemed as though there, there was that point towards the end of August where we, we lost some games, but sort of lost them better, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, you know, we Armstrong and Smith were scaring defenders and you sort of thought, okay, I can see what, where this could go. And then it just reverted back to the dross from last season. I'm I'm not sure like something changed. It, it just went south. From looking like it was going to start to maybe move in the right direction, it went south very very quickly. And yeah, he 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 had to go. He had to go, and it's a shame. So Simon, if you're going up to Marty Cifentes, that I probably said that wrong, and I apologise, but I'm never going to be able to say it right now. It's in my head. Um, what would you say to him, and what would you, what would you, what would your advice be apart from, do you know what the hell you're doing, and are you sure you're not playing championship manager for real? It's a really, really tricky one to be honest, because I think as Clive says, we're we're going into complete and utter polar opposites with players who I don't mm -hmm. think are suited to his style. Um, I did when I listened to his podcast, one of the things he did say though, and he made very, very clear was adaptability is going to be very important for him and I'm hoping that he is under absolutely no illusions about what he's what he's going into and listening to him on the podcast he is clearly someone who has studied the game extensively for a significant amount of time and he was talking about things like how how you counter press this whole idea of inverted fullbacks which I think is going to suit Paul Cannon who I think the two fullbacks would be half half decent at it a lot lot more. Mm. But again, the problem you're the problem we're still going to have is I think people like Andre Gazelle might 
come out well of it, particularly with the with the creative with the creative side when he's not suspended. Um, we're not um, going to be, and I think also from what we hear is he's more likely to be trying some of some of the youngsters as well. So in his side, uh, Hammerby, he's got a about a nineteen year old six foot winger who's scored about seven or eight goals. So he's going to be. Have they got them youngsters? Look, do they they, they they exist at Rangers that we can? What goal scoring wingers? Mm. I'm I'm still waiting for him to try and teach Albert Adoma how to take a long throw. If he can if he can coach that, if he can coach that, he'll be able to coach absolutely anything. Now <clears throat> I think he's got a lot he's it's it's so difficult because genuinely you look at what Ainsworth's left blessing and I don't know where to start. I, I really don't know where to start. I think the main the main thing that he'll try and do is perhaps look at the chair Willock. And look, I don't know what Willock's going to be like, but going back to what Clive says, and I think what we've said on the podcast, he's got to start playing well because, again, he's going to come in for a very nasty shock in June when, when no one's going in for him because he's living off a reputation of two years ago. So no I one think came in he, from that either, Simon. If you what's believe, that? Even when he was doing well, no one came in for him. That's what people forget. Well, that's it with a lot of our players. No one no one came in for them when they were doing well. But we showed a couple of years ago with those sort of small triangles, Bill managed to get a sort of blueprint with what um, Kyle, Chair and Willock were doing. If he can get back to that in the first instance, we'll look a little bit more threatening. And I would actually start going on the attacking bit first because, as Clive rightly says, if we're not scoring goals, we don't stand up. My, my worry is that everyone at the club thinks our players are a lot better than they actually are. You know, like we including the fans, like people like Chair, Willock, Dizel, Dykes, Dunn, all right, but they really we've been crap for two years now. And this is what he's got to work with. And you know, I, I remember Lee Hu's coming on here and talking about keeping the band together. Well in hindsight that was a terrible idea. And so so my worry is that yes on paper, Andre Gazelle should sit at the base of a midfield and move us around the pitch and it should all be wonderful. But really, what's he shown in the last two years that he could possibly do that? And that, that for me, is the, is the biggest worry. And the, the youngsters as well, look, maybe Ryan Colley's good, but he's a kid, he's 18, 19. He's obviously not quite ready, uh, but we're having to use him because there's nothing else. So I, that that is my main concern. I, I would second everything that Rob's just said there. Great points, mate. I, like, I, if he is thinking he's going to come in here and save it with our development squad players, then that's going to be the first very harsh lesson that he's going to learn. Um, Simon's point about blueprint is is a great one. I I think, I mean, not even, I, I'm tempted to sort of write, say it's a modern football thing, but it's not. Like when Ian Holloway got us going first time around, early 2000s. Yeah. I think the term they used was a laundry. It's like yeah, you're right. It's like Paul, so they got a new player in, and they, he said to Paul Furlong, "Is like tell him what we are first. He goes, "We're a laundry, Ollie." We and that team because that team was all about pressing and rinsing the opposition and recycling balls high up the pitch and just being physical. And that was the identity of the team. And once you've got that identity, then everybody in the team knows what we're doing, knows your role within it. And then every team selection and substitution and signing you make flows from that because it has to fit with that identity. Now, Gareth at Wickham had a really, really clear identity of what his team was. He didn't want the ball at all. Didn't want possession. Possession can do one. That was his words, not mine. They were they were direct. They were, they were absolute shithouses. They would go 1-0 up and then everyone would get head injuries for the next hour. You know, they were what they were and they, they were that because they didn't, they said, because they didn't have the budget to, to do any better. When he's come here, he's constantly seemed torn to me between wanting to be, Ainsworth wanting to just be Ainsworth and just give the ball away. We'll defend deep and tight and narrow. We'll shit house. We'll get, you know, and three or four of the five wins he got were exactly like that. Burnley, uh, Watford at home, Stoke away. And even Cardiff away, like we played quite well in the first half, but the second half was just all of that. And then because it doesn't really work at QPR, and I think he's sort of a bit, I don't know, ashamed of it, 
he kept it. Oh no, that's not me. That's not me. I want flair players. I want to play. And then every time we opened up, you got beat four nil by Blackburn. So I couldn't really tell you the identity of the team. I kind of know what Ainsworth wants the identity to be. He wants it to be Wick and Mark too, but it doesn't work at QPR. So that's why our team selections and our substitutions and our signings at the moment are all over the place because it's not coming into any kind of clear identity of what your team is. Whereas this Sifuentes guy, that's all he is. Like he is Mr. Identity of, of the team. So everybody will have a very clear, whether they're able to do it or not is another matter, but everybody will have a very clear idea. This is the team we are. We want the ball. We'll be playing out from the bat. The goalkeeper is going to be involved. And then every substitution and team selection is signed and will run from that. Whether it works or not is is a different matter. On the subject of how long this has been going on and whatever, I mean, he's watched all of our recent games. He's known for some time that this was on the cards, according to the Hammondby board member relative that is posting on our mess board. And I think well, the final decision, I think, was made after Huddersfield. Um and they they did speak to four or five different people last week. Sifuentes has always been their, their first choice, has always been the best one that they've interviewed and has been keen to come. I think one of the reasons it's been delayed is because the Swedish league season, I think, is now yeah. two games off the end. And I think, ideally, he and Hammondby wanted it, him to complete the season there before we moved. But our situation has now become so desperate that we've press the accelerator a little bit. But, I mean, if he has watched our last six, seven, eight games, as I believe he has, and he still wants to come, then he's either certifiably insane or just very, very confident. Here's a question for you, Clive, before we go on to somebody else. Who do we find to get the goals in this current crop of players? And I'm only giving you a little bit of 40 minutes on this. I don't know, mate. I just don't, That's the thing, the thing that will just always kill yeah. The two, the sort of areas for gain are the Chair and Willock thing, um, you've got to get the best out of your best players, and Ainsworth didn't do that. You know, Mick Beale, as much as we don't like him or whatever, did, got them playing together. He knew that those were the two, sort of the way that this team could score goals. So that's one game. The other one, and we talked about Dazelle there, is goals from central midfield, which this team has been very, very poor at for three or four years, really, apart from one hot streak by Luke Amos. I think we've scored like four or five goals from central midfield in three years. Dazelle, yeah, that goal he got on Saturday, it, I think Dazelle should score five or six of those a season. He's got the technique to do it. He's got the mobility to do it. He should be arriving on the edge of the box and in the box, picking up crosses or second balls, second phase of attack. That goal on Saturday, he should have scored 10 of those for this club already. And, you know, he's got two and one of them was just an absolute freak show. And Sam Field as well. Look, we love Sam Field. He gets basically a free pass from all the QPR fans. And I understand why, because great pro, plays every week, committed. But he's technically a good player and he's very, very good in the air. And I think he's yeah. only scored three goals since he got here. Well, that's, you know, your central midfielders, when in a team where your strikers don't score, you've got to be looking at three or four goals from each of your centre-backs from set pieces, five or six goals from your central midfielders. So if you think that I, you know, if if we think Dykes is going to get twenty goals and get him out of this, I'd be amazed. But not even a marginal gain, an actual full-on fucking gain would be maybe the central midfielders could score every now and again. That goal we got against Leicester should be a thing that we do. So if you are going to start with two up front, um, or one up front, it's not working. We're doing so. Are we going to play Sinclair more wide? Are we going to play Smith more wide? Obviously, or play him through the middle and keep the keep it going with Dykes. I mean, we haven't got a lot of options, let's be honest. And Coley's too young. I mean, it's we've already we've already drained the life out of Sinclair to a certain degree where he's frustrated so much. And that's that's the one thing I'd take away from Saturday. I know that everyone's talking about Andre doing that thing that was stupid. There's a big frustration with the players, Clive, isn't there? There's you can you can almost feel it with the stupid send off with the stupid decisions. So maybe they will feel a bit more released. I don't know. There's clearly problems there, but will will this solve the problem I, I feel a little bit for Ainsworth in that three times this season three players who he's put a lot of faith in have let him down with stupid yeah. endings off in games that were level at the time that we went on to lose Jack Colback's already been suspended for four games of the 12 he's meant to be available for and he was meant to be the culture guardian you know Dazelle on Saturday absolutely mindless um, Dun, I thought Dunn's was the thickest thing I'd ever seen at West Brom and then Dazelle managed to surpass it like in, within four days 
I don't think we'll be playing two up front, and I'd be surprised if Sinclair plays that much from what I've heard and read. Um, this season, as Simon says, um, as I understand it, he lost sort of eight of his first teamers, and he said in an interview with Sky a couple of weeks ago that he has had to adapt and use players that were sort of presented to him, either from the youth team or signings, that are not suited to how he likes to play. Um, so he's going to have, he's certainly going to have to do that again. But one of the ways he has got around that is just not by play, just not playing a striker, recognised striker at all, and using people like Willock and Chair Ooh. as two or three sort of false nines instead of a. If you all your strikers are crap, then we just won't play with one. Um, so so watch out for that potentially. I mean, like Simon's listened to the full podcast. I haven't, but I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. Hey Simon, do you reckon it's going to go all Paul Hart and? Um... Not, not have any fear from the strikers, or is that just Clive trying to bring us to, to, be, to be fair? To be fair, if it was Paul Hart in 2023 doing that, you could almost justify it, but you certainly couldn't have done that in 2009. No. I think one thing that's been missed out a little bit, and when we talk about marginal gains, is Paul Smith. Now, whilst Paul Smith isn't Crossing is, is wild, I think it's fair to say. The one thing we haven't done with him yet is what Leighton Orient did with him to great effect and actually play him on the left-hand side. So one of the things he was mainly doing in League Two was cutting in and being able to finish. That's mm. something that we've we've never actually tried. So one of the things that we could do is, if we want to have Dykes up, if we want to have Dykes up top and people playing off him, you could potentially have Smith and Chair with Smith on the left, Chair playing a little bit more central. And that then allows the opportunity for Paul to come forward and support. But what it also might do is also allow for Reggie Cannon to have a little bit more space going forward as well because they're taking things away from him. So I think one of the things also that he'll potentially be looking at is how we can utilise Smith because bless him with Armstrong at the moment, he's got the pace, but I think... Yeah, he's, he's struggling now. I think people have worked out how to play him. Whereas we haven't done this. We haven't done this with Smith yet. And it's certainly something else that I think we can try going forward, particularly given the fact that he seems to prefer a sort of 4-3. He prefers a 4-3-3, which also will help as well, because one of the things we do have a problem with is anytime we go with the two in the middle, we're horribly exposed. Now, we can talk about the bodies going in there all we want. I imagine we play Field and Dizel and Colbat if he ever, whenever he's not suspended. But <laughs> there's certainly those three things. There's certainly those things that I think he could potentially think about doing and certainly listening to him. He is someone who thinks about the game a lot. No, so he'll have you minded, will he, Robert? Follow on from that, Robert. What do you think? Where do we where do we get out of the shade and how? Um, we need luck. That's for sure. And kind of the same as last season, it's injuries. <clears throat> you, know, you you only have to go and mess with the starting 11 on paper. Probably okay. Probably okay, you know. Um, if you can get, you know, Chair and Dykes and Field. I mean, I've got to be, Cook has looked fine. Very, you know, serviceable championship centre-back. It's probably okay, but they've got to stay fit. You know, Cook's injured at the moment. Uh, maybe we'll get a bit more on injuries, uh, which we obviously we didn't get under Ainsworth. It was all smoke and mirrors. So it it need it needs everything. It needs a bit of luck. Um, I think what will be interesting is I'm sort of interested who's which of the players have got the power in the squad because whoever it was wasn't having Critchley and they weren't having Ainsworth. Um, you know, maybe Willock has. He's a big voice in the dressing room. And when Ainsworth didn't like him, it, it filtered through. I th there, there's things behind the scenes that that we'll have to get right, that we'll, we'll have to work. Um, unfortunately, we, we need luck. Uh, and as everyone else has said, if we go down to League One, it has to be this long-term appointment, really. We have to stick with it now. We haven't gone down the emergency route. Uh, we've gone down the long-term route. So we need to stay long-term at I can't remember when Holloway came in in 2001. It was later than this, but it was always longer than than I think everyone realises. And, and we stuck with then. And in the end, it was fantastic. So so just to sort of echo that, we, I hope, hope, hope everyone tries to stay calm. But also, we stay up. 
<laughs> these uh, these little twats didn't like Critchley and they didn't like Ainsworth. They've got to like someone eventually. Like, yeah, exactly. Holloway actually took over when we were outside the bottom three that season, you know. Yeah. People forget that, though. I mean, it was a horrible squad and it was always going to go down, I think. But uh, yeah, very much. It, you're yeah. never, ever, ever going to keep that squad up, no matter what. No. We, we have to talk, Clive, about Richards. Um, oh no no! <laughs> yes, we do. I mean, is 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 he just a product of football? It, it just seems insane that no one took it to one side and said, "Wait, you did it with Critchley, you got away with it." But this time, he didn't get away with it so much, did he? He, he was called out on it. I mean, one of the one of the things that Ainsworth and Dobson are good at is that whole holistic side of mental health in footballers and mm. what, like. You can you can lead a horse to water and all of that, but he's got to want to do it himself. You know, his career is spiraling down. He was a big thing at Man City at one point. They decided they didn't want him. He gets to move to Brighton, which, you know, that's a great move. They don't want him. They're so confident that he's not going to do well on his loan at QPR that they're happy to guarantee the transfer at the end of it, knowing that they're not going to look stupid with that. Like he's he's on a downward spiral. Like I didn't think, apart from one home game against Huddersfield, even under Mick Beale, I don't think he looked very good. He came on, in a defeat at home to Huddersfield, he came on and was very, very good. He was unlucky not to score. And I thought, oh, good, when he gets fit, we're going to have a player here. And then he got a start at Coventry for Mick Beale and played like a complete tart. Nothing for Critchley, nothing for Ainsworth. Like, there's four completely different managers here. And he hasn't played for any of them. So the, the common denominator is him. Like... It's not Sifuentes has got to get the best out. I mean, like he's got to want to do it. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much I get. When whenever you sort of interview someone at the club or you're at a meeting or whatever, there's stuff that's said on mic, and then obviously, like when the mic goes off, you have a conversation, and cer- certain things get said sort of off the record or whatever. And, you know, different managers like Mark Warburton would always use that as an opportunity to tell you a couple of things like how much Nottingham Forest strikers are on. You know, I, I spent yeah. 10 minutes, I spent 10 minutes in an interview with Mark Warburton grilling him over why we conceded from set pieces. And then we ended up having a row. And then the interview ended and the microphone went off. And he, he's just he said, let me tell you this, Clive. And he went through how much not we were playing Nottingham Forest that weekend. And he went through and he said, uh, loyal Taylor's on this much. Lewis Graben's on this much. Uh, whoever else was there is on this much a week. And he said, and I'm marking them on Saturday with Connor Masterson, who's on. And he, he told me how much he was on. And he said, what do you want me to do? Like, So they they use it. They use these little off the record. And you can ask them about players and sometimes tell you, sometimes they won't. And there's, there's this chat that goes on. And you like, same after fans forums and whatever. I've never known a player like Taylor Richards that causes everybody at the club to clam up and just, they were, everyone just goes immediately silent and just shakes their head a little bit and that's it. Mm. So, you know, we do have to probably be a little bit careful as frustrating as it is that we've spent that money on that ridiculous deal for a player that was never going to be an Ainsworth player in a month of Sundays and wasn't playing well for the previous managers. I just get the impression there is something somewhere behind the scenes there that they obviously can't say, won't say, or whatever. There's something more to it. Because, like I say, at the very least, in these off-the-record conversations, sometimes managers just turn around and go, yeah, he's a twat. But like, as yeah. soon as you mention Richard to anyone at the club, they just go, no, can't, re- can't really say anything. So... What, what the, what well, we probably shouldn't speculate, like, but it's it's hard not to be frustrated. Um, you know, he spent Saturday night liking a load of tweets, slagging Ainsworth off. You know, <clears throat> come on, like, you know, what have you contributed? Um, after Middlesbrough, there was a load of posts on his Instagram about him and his mates like faffing around in some VIP suite in a West London boutique on a Saturday when the first team was playing away at Middlesbrough. Again, since taken down because someone's obviously had a word with him. And it's like, there's obviously something going on behind the scenes. I think we're not in the full pitch, so you shouldn't speculate. But it's very difficult not to be horribly, horribly frustrated by the whole situation. Someone who's not involved in our club, who knows football, 
um, just said he's just another young lad and a football casualty. But I wonder if that's just an easy write-off for mental health issues these days because some things are more deeper than others. And whatever it is, if it is mental health, I hope he gets the help he needs. But it's certainly so QPR that our whole transfer budget Simon goes in the player that's never going to play for us. And that's just, or if he does play for us, it's, yeah. If he doesn't get played the right way, the manager's going to get it on Instagram afterwards. And chances are he probably will. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen, Simon? Can we turn him around? if it's a problem we can fix? I think it's very tricky, and I think Clive alluded to it, and Dodson said it in our interview, didn't he? The, his words were, yeah, players can only help if they help themselves. And I think the one thing, even though we can critique quite a lot tactically, I think you could tell through the interview with Dobson there is a lot of care and there is a lot of sort of growth of, of players. And if the likes of... Ainsworth and Dobson can't get any anything out of them. I'm not entirely convinced who else can. Um, I mean, it's an interesting one about the things that were sent on Saturday night because, I mean, I don't know. Do you get this? Are they going to discipline him for that or are they just going to let that go? Because it certainly doesn't seem in the slightest bit appropriate to quite openly go out and, and, and slag off your boss. I mean, if we did that on Facebook, Twitter or anything like that, and we ended up slagging off our boss. We'd be we'd be pulled up, disciplined. I wouldn't we be don't dinner. know what we don't know what's happening with that. And... It's, also, it's also not the first time he's done that, Simon. No, that's like, true. After Middlesbrough away last year, when Critchley was about to lose his job, I think he got asked a question about Richards, and he could have really like gone in on him. Like, I'm about to lose my job. That guy's contributed nothing. He could have booted him. And he he said something. He basically played it very professionally. Neil Critchley, even though he knew he was about to lose lose his job, and yeah. said he's not he's not been ready to play. Yeah. And Richards kicked off with that on social media, and then had to delete it afterwards. It's like yeah. it's it's a tricky one. I mean, how many? How, I mean, I I work in pastoral in a school, and you're almost at a stage where if I would say I was his head of year at school, I'd, I'd almost be questioning now how much. I can offer you this, I can offer you this, but at the end of it, sometimes you do just have to cut, you just have to cut someone off. But the trouble is, of course, now is how do you go about doing that? I don't think there is any sort of legal no. way that you the point, can... The point, the point that keeps being made on our message board about it, and again, like we have to be careful because, you know, we sat through three years of Graham Souness and Roy Keane and people like that slating Deli Alley on... Mm. on yeah. Monday night football and goals on Sunday. And then lo and behold, it turns out that Delhi Ali's had the sort of childhood that none of us could ever possibly <laughs> imagine. Like yeah. so you have to be really careful. On the on the other side of that, like I went I went through, you know, teenage, you know, grief and people dying on me when I was a teenager. And they had me back in school the following week and they were preaching normality and, oh, my God, your year nine sats are coming up. And that, you know, that's made me incredibly bitter through my life and affected yeah. the way I think about yeah. a lot of things. But in the real world, you know, if you work for London Underground or in an office or whatever, you know, you get time off and there's pastoral care and counselling available if you work for a good company. But sooner or later, you do have to like get on with it i'm i don't have a lot of time for people that almost use grief as an excuse and like you know when you look at his social media and whatever it's, it's difficult like it's really really difficult to talk about because we don't know we just don't know no. the club the club have told us nothing he's told us that we don't we don't know so we end up just being four twats on a podcast trying to speculate about something <laughs> that we just we just don't know other than, job, other than it is frustrating it is frustrating that that was our summer budget and it was a dreadful deal that we should never have got ourselves into so yeah I, I guess as a human being and you know you know i didn't have a great childhood and lots of people haven't and stuff like that i just think it's better and um maybe football's not for him but whatever happens hope he gets the help he needs to get him through life Robert, do we talk about Saturday or do we just write it off? <laughs> um, I well, I sort of think everyone had sort of written it off, hadn't they? Yeah, uh, fact, I've got I've got to be honest. The second Huddersfield went two 0 up after fourteen minutes, I think everyone wrote off the next two games. When you mean Leicester? 
No, 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 from Huddersfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that one. Huddersfield was went 2 and <laughs> after 14 minutes, and everyone thought, well, Ainsworth will get sacked. I was saying they'll, they'll keep him on for these next two games, which they're not going to win anyway. I was panicked. Get through them. I got to take score a goal I didn't see. Well, anyway, go on. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I, I think that, that I just felt like everyone was going through the motions. Um, I'll always remember, look, they did do better on Saturday, but I'll always remember what uh, Dave McIntyre said when we were in the Prem and they played a bit better against Man U. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, yes, Man U, it's a big team, the players, and it's the same, it's Leicester. They're a Premier League team. The players are thinking, oh, quite fancy playing well at, at home to Leicester. So, personally, I, 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 if you want to analyse it, we can, but it's been and gone. Goodness. Yeah, it's pointless. They played hoof ball. They've now got a guy who's going to get them to play possession ball and pressing and doing this and that. So it's been a really frustrating few weeks because everyone's known what's coming. And we just burnt off three games. Um, One against Huddersfield, who have have just shown how crap they are. Because the two games after that, was it three and four nil or four and five? They're crap. They gifted them three points. So, you know, I'm more frustrated with that than, than actually with the performances in, in a funny sort of way. The, yeah, Leicester, um, the, the Leicester thing, coming back to Ainsworth being torn between being Ainsworth and trying to be... Less, that Leicester game actually suited Ainsworth perfectly. Because yeah. yeah. zero expectations, massive underdog. We don't have to have the ball. He doesn't want the ball. They're going to have all of the ball. We're going to sit here and be frustrating... That actually actually suits him. It was a weird sort of game to finish with. Coming back to the earlier point, Evans was constantly seeming torn between I just want to do what I did at Wickham and, oh, God, I can't do that. I'm at QPR now. Like, did I, did I, I, the one thing, I mean, the one thing we can't accept, and this was with Ainsworth, particularly with the West Brom game, is it almost had this feeling of us being sort of like Andorra, the Faroe Islands, setting up against like Germany or France or something like that. I mean, I was going to bring a foil FA Cup with me for the Saturday game because that's basically what it felt like. And it, we we don't want to give it the big one. This is QPR and so on, but we should surely be aspiring to a little bit more than almost feeling like a lower league team in the first round of an FA Cup against yeah. a side team division well, yeah, we, we, we are the, the quintessential mid-table championship club. I mean, until Leicester shut the bed five years ago, us and Ips, not Leicester, Ipswich. Us and Ipswich were between 12th and 16th in the championship pretty much every single season. You know, so I think he got that that side of it wrong for sure. And look, I didn't go up to West Brom, but it was a bit of a... It's for the fans, that's what was disappointing, I think. The fans that go, they all knew what the, they all knew what the score was and it, that, that, that didn't sit right. No, not at all. Leicester, Leicester's a special case. I think Leicester are the best team. They didn't play particularly well on Saturday. I think they took us mm. a little bit lightly, a little bit sloppy and whatever. They still won the game. They're a special case. I think they're the best team that's played in this league for a very long time. I think they'll do the whole 100 points and 100 goals thing and just and just piss the thing. The rest of it, it's only the championship. Oh, yeah. West Brom are not a brilliant team. Like, And they were missing four of their strikers the night we went there. And they picked Thomas Asante up front who hadn't scored for eight games. I mean, we knew what was going to happen there, but still, you know, they were missing their four attackers. They weren't that good. And to just watch us sit there and, you know, I was like, what is our plan for scoring a goal here? <laughs> like, how do we envision that it might happen even by accident? And it's only the championship. Like we are not, Luton trying to compete in the Premier League. <laughs> you know, a lot of these teams are not very good. Um, so, yeah, you you guys are right. It just didn't sit comfortable. And it's it's hard, you know, you take a, half a day off work and you're sitting on the train and you just, you go into the game and you're just like, we ain't going to score. Like, mm. never mind get a result or whatever. It's, a, it's more than a year since we scored three times in a game. And we've only scored twice in a game on five occasions in a year. Well, I was going to stay in the pub in West Brom, but no one wanted to stay in the pub and we had to go to game. Disappointing. <laughs> that, you know, that, that's maybe, that, maybe that says more about how you are in the pub than uh, than uh, how the game was. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, I'm an absolute angel. Uh, joy to be with. Can't get me away from that bar quick enough, I tell you. Um, now, I think, I don't know, it, it does seem so QPR to do this. And we've got it. The positive bit of me says we've done it now. 
we'll get behind them. Of course we will. And we'll hope for the best. And we have to stick with them. So the plus side is it's been done. The job is massive. I think it's so massive. I don't even think he realizes how massive it is. Um, I saw a picture of the day walking to the training ground. It looked like a Marx and Spencer's advert, which is nice. Yeah, um, what do you reckon he's going to look like by May? It's going to be that <laughs> Phil Mitchell, that Phil Mitchell meme with a bottle of whiskey. Worry, uh, <laughs> he could turn into like that Ian Beale thing, couldn't he? But, um, you know, just oh dear, that would be good. No, this is it's. We've got. I just. See, I'm scared, and I keep saying it because I don't want to get relegated because bigger clubs than us with more financial backing, with more support, have struggled to get out of that division. And I think League One will crucify us beyond our belief. It's not like the, the first time we went down. We're, we're a different club now, and I worry that we won't get out of it. And I could just be maybe me being stupid or something. I don't know, but it's that could be a graveyard for us, that flipping league, if we're not careful. And that's why we've got to do everything we can not to go down because you can always rebuild better in the championship rebuilding in League One. I mean, look at the teams that have come out of League One and it took them years. You know, you'd, you'd um, Sunderland, you, you know, went straight through it. Um, you know, Sheffield United. You've got now Ipswich who have gone through it. So it just shows you how hard that league is. And I think people don't realise it. It's a damn hard league. So I really don't want to get really good at it. I know when people say, oh, we can rebuild, but it absolutely terrifies me. Um, but... We'll see. I just hope we can just score. Like this, the, the goals are the issue. We're just not scoring enough, are we? Let's be honest. But then everyone's saying the same thing, aren't they? Sam? We talked about this in the way up to Huddersfield, didn't we? Everyone's everyone's looking for them strikers, but Ainsworth didn't seem to want to go into the loan market. I'm just wondering if he's going to revert to the loan market because that's pretty all we've got, really, for we will. I think it all depends on this new on this new sponsorship deal that we got last week, and actually, one, how much it's actually worth, and two, what is that? I can, I can tell you that. I can tell you. Okay. Uh, it's f- uh, four hundred thousand pounds a season for three seasons, according to the uh, release that the May trade lot have put out, and it is entirely being paid by Ruben. So basically all it is, is Ruben putting the money in that he was already putting in to keep the club ticking over, but in a way that counts more favourably on the FFP. But it's it's not a great deal of money. It's 400000 It's probably enough to change your manager to pay one. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. It's probably, it's probably, yeah. It's probably all <laughs> <Yes>. gone, mate. <laughs> so basically that's covered our manager... <clears throat> for the season, right. Clive, is what you're saying, which is which is interesting. So, so essentially, that's going to make my points about potentially signing a few strikers on loan in January a completely moot one then. So I think <laughs> what we're going to be saying there, what we're going to be saying there is he's going to have to work with, and, and here is the risk and here is the problem, he's going to have to work with, with what he's got. And as we all know, that's, that's not very much. I think the other concern, going back to something about Sequentes as well and Warnock, is a lot of our fan base, and I must admit, I I would have preferred to have gone down the Warnock back routes and change in the summer. But I still think there'll be a lot of our fan base will always have some sort of sword. Warnock will always have some sort of sword of Damocles over any manager who isn't him. And I can still imagine even when he's sort of passed away or something like that, there'll still be people going, yeah, can we get Warnock? Yeah, let's get Warnock back for five, six months, something like that. It's That's something else which I think Sequentes is going to have to deal with. And it's something that we know we can appreciate as fans, but we know for a fact that there'll be a number of a rump of other people who sort of won't be happy until Neil Warnock gets a few it's almost like the Newcastle Alan Shearer one where, yeah, every single manager at Newcastle until Shearer took over and relegated them, you always had the spectre of um, Alan Shearer behind there until you realised he wasn't very good. Uh, but <laughs> same, with, same with Boris Johnson. They had to make him prime minister in the end, otherwise he wasn't going to go away. So no, he wasn't very good either. Oh, we don't yeah. do politics, Clive. We don't do uh, Sorry. Yeah. Um, I agree. I still, I, I still think Simon, to get a, a dead Neil Warnock, would probably get more points for us than Critchley did. Um, <laughs> he, him and Ainsworth combined. Him and Ainsworth combined, I reckon, he'd, that he would do better. But well, I think the, it is... A, yeah, the club would do well, I think, over the next... I don't know how you would go about it, but they need to hammer home this message that they wanted Sifuentes 18 months ago and it didn't quite happen. They wanted him 
however many months ago, 14, 12 months ago, and it didn't quite happen, that this isn't, this wasn't a fight between Sifuentes and Warnock. Because mm. like I say, with the bonus and everything, I don't think they could afford Warnock anyway. So the clubs need to somehow get this message across to people that they haven't, it wasn't Sifuentes or Warnock and we've gone for Because like you say, and we've said already, if it doesn't go well, then that's going to hang him. And you just know you're going to be standing in a way ends and listening to people say, we should have got Warnock, we should have mm. got Warnock, we should have got Warnock. But they're going to say that anyway. I mean, and, you know, the same people who are now happy that we've got rid of um, Ainsworth, I'm sure we'll have the doubts about this. And maybe they do want to pull it back. But I just think, I'm so pleased the Ventus has not got any connection to QPR. There's nothing to kill. There's no legendary. There's no tie to the club. It's a... It's, to me, it's a clean slate, clean start. You know, we need to break this cycle of QPR people coming into the jobs because of the QPR people. We need the best people for the jobs at every level of the club because of the best bloody people. I'm not saying the ones that are QPR people aren't very good, but it's just a mindset we have, you know. The Warnock one, I think, because everyone remembers that West Brom game, Clive, you know what I mean, where he came in, we were doomed and he turned it around and people are still hoping that. But that was a long time ago and... Yeah, we're probably listen. It's a, it's a massive gamble. I still, I still can't fully take it in that we've we've tried something completely different. I'm kind of really happy that we're trying something different, and it's equally terrified. Am I alone in this? What do you guys think? Am I am I wrong? I don't know. We keep saying the same thing, but this just has to work, doesn't it? it just, we've got no choice. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I think it's absolutely mental. Like, <laughs> I think it's absolutely mental what they've done. I'm pleased they've done it because it has been such a I, mean, I missed the Watford game. So it has been all, I haven't seen us win at home for a year. It's been awful. So oh just at fine, at least they'll play some football, maybe, and little patterns and yeah, maybe Begovic will make my heart miss a part. God, I just want to feel something. It's mental, but I'm here for it. So yeah, why not? If they're gonna go down, may as well go down like this. And the kit looks nice, so could be a legendary season. It looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm excited. I am excited. Way more excited about going to Rotherham on Saturday than I was. I mean, it might be a disaster, but like, like you said, I mean, you you thought, I wonder how it'd go with Ainsworth and whether he would play like he played at Wickham and whether that'll translate, whether it will adapt and whatever was way worse. I mean, I'm looking around the call, it's way worse than any of us could ever have dare hoped, right? We just we look like a conference team just playing a cup tie constantly. So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm pleased, again, that it's not one of the usual suspects, to be honest. As as said, you know, just someone put that meme out at the weekend of the board looking down the, the book of the forever hours for who it's going to be next. And I was, I'm pleased it's not that. Um, it's kind of the, It's kind of the sort of appointment that other championship clubs make that we never do and I'm quite jealous of. Um mm. So I hope it goes well. I'm not convinced it will in the short term. And I hope then that we just keep faith because it's a long-term building appointment. So if if it doesn't go well over the next 20 games, you know, this is meant to be for the next however many years. So finger, fingers crossed. But I'm more, way more optimistic and excited about the team and QPR than I was last week when it was, it was music to kill yourself to, really, wasn't it, watching them play? So, yeah, I... I agree with Rob. It's mental, like to do, like to decide to do this now, just when maybe you do do your short term fire firefighty, you know, old man that everyone loves. Like, let's do that to do this now. It's like it's very <laughs> QPR, but yeah. But we love them for it, Clive. What would we do if they didn't do something mental? I don't know. By the way, I'd, Simon, I'd still you... have a full head of hair for a start. <laughs> mm, yeah, me both. But I tell you what, Simon, if you ever bring one in for cups to the car for any away game, I will not be getting in that car. So that's one way of getting rid of me. Jesus, I hate them things. Oh, they drive me mad. So one of the things I hate about football, that and dressing up just does my head in. Anyway, we're going to come to predictions because Clive lovingly took us towards this direction of Rotherham. I've looked at the weather forecast. It's worrying. <laughs> yeah. How bad is it? Oh, it's a horror. It's like it's three raindrops and one of those little yellow triangles. Oh, one says, of those. Mm. So, yeah, welcome, welcome to England, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, also, I looked at the, the way support he had in Sweden. We'll be getting that on Saturday. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. 
Marty. Bit different at Shepherd's Bridge, bit more reserved. Yes, indeed. Um, so I'm going to go first, and I'm going to say it, it, the game will be rained off. Next, I think. Uh, I think the game. I think it'd be one all. I think it'd be one all. Maybe some green shoots. I'd be shocked if they won. I think I'll go one all. I think Dykes will score as well. Well, Hugo will score. I mean, that's guaranteed, isn't it? Oh yeah, exactly. You're starting from one nil down, so one all be be all right. Simon. I'm going to be honest, um, I think it'll be a defeat. I mean, it, I, th- I think you could stick Pep Guardiola in and if you've only got one one centre midfielder yeah, and, about yeah. two fit and two fit centre-halves, I think you could be the greatest manager in the world and you're at a big disadvantage in the first instance. So, regretfully, I'm going to say, uh, let's say 2-0 defeat. Wow. Well... <laughs> Is it, is it something I said in the car on the way to Huddersfield that's brought you down to earth like this? You said a lot on the way in the car to, to Huddersfield, Paul, so it's difficult for me to sort of pick that out, to be honest. No, okay. genuinely, I just think it's going to be, yeah. I can't, I can't see us doing it, but then at least he's got next week in Bristol and then two weeks on the training ground. And I think after that, you're potentially going to see some impact. Clive, go on. I think it depends on on two things. One, how we suspect those players were fed up of playing Ainsworth football. Like even the goal that we scored at Huddersfield started with the three of them passing the ball to each other and like actually shrugging at each other like that. Well, stop giving it to me. What do you want me to do? Have it bad. Just so if they were as fed up with Ainsworth football as I think they were, then maybe we might see something this weekend and they might they might show something at the same time. Rotherham lost 2-0 Chef Wednesday at the weekend. Their manager, basically, from what I hear, if he doesn't win this weekend, he gets the sack. So how how invested are their players in Matt Taylor at Rotherham? How much do they want him to stay? So I think it's a battle of of those two things. Um, I mean, it'd be a brave man to back QPR to beat anybody at the moment, you know, let alone a northern away day in the, in the pouring rain. So, you know, I I I do fear the worst, but I'm marginally more optimistic than I was. I'll, t- I'll say, that. I actually think it'll be one all. There you go. You get a sensible if the game's on, be one all, and um, I'll watch it from a boat. Um, and I was saying that the pub that we're going to, when it was rained up, Clive, bear this in mind. Um, when it was rained off against Ipswich, the bar staff brought the Ipswich fans drinks. So. I know what I'll be doing. To be, to be fair, though, I mean, that was absolutely appalling that you called the game off about two and a half hours before kickoff from, <laughs> from Rotherham. I, I think three drinks is about the absolute minimum. For supporter safety, they said. They let them travel all the way from Ipswich to Rotherham and then called it off at six o'clock for supporter safety. I'm a day off. Come on. <laughs> oh, no. You love the championship. You do. Right, Oz end. I'm going to let Robert go first because I haven't spoke to him for a bit. I'm just wondering if he's still here. No, I'm still here. No, I guess my Oz end is just that I still love Gareth Ainsworth. He's he's just a hero. I'll never he played with a broken leg for QPR. Yeah, it didn't work, but I hope when he's back at the back at the club, he gets the reception he deserves, and we we can just forget this ever happened because he he was such an integral part to. Still probably the best season I had watching QPR when they went up at uh, Sheffield Wednesday that season under Holloway. So I still love Ainsworth. Always will. Um, I'm just sad it never worked. But yeah, wish him well. Fair enough. Well well said. Simon, you're next. I'll probably second that. And I think one of the things that sometimes we need to appreciate as people, and we go back to the Taylor Richards thing, one of the things which saddened me most about Ainsworth whilst we were critical of the of the football. Um, that interview he did the day before the West Brom game where he looked a completely and utterly broken man and it was quite clearly someone who look had, had his dream job was trying his clearly tried his best. He wasn't wasn't someone who was trying to sack it off and do the bare minimum. And I think him having that realization of yeah, I can't do this, was was pretty sad. It was pretty sad to see. And I think the one thing that hopefully he'll do after this is is reflect a bit, but I think more importantly, recharge his batteries because you could clearly see over that 10 months how how the job had affected him from that sort of happy face that he was at the beginning to where he was was was, was a pretty sad sight. I mean, it was, you're right. I mean, 
Hopefully we'll have that fact on Sepente, so we guys will never get that Marks and Spencer's contract. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was bad. You know what? I'm going to do my RZ and then I'm going to go to Clive because I want to finish with Clive because, you know, there you go. Make him feel special so he comes back when we have happy new things to talk about. Um, it's kind of weird because I do feel the mental health thing, we've talked about this a lot in this podcast, originally, but I think for Gareth's mental health, it was the right thing to do to release him because he did not look well. I mean, he started looking like he come in looking like a rock and roll star and ended up, you know, looking like, I don't know, like some washed up 90s band that I would probably like back in the day. It's, and it wasn't nice. And it wasn't, he was broken. And it, no one likes to see that in anything. So I wish him well. I think he'll come back and hold his head up high for what he's done for the club. And um, we can we can move forward and do something. But my, my odds end, it's a serious one, is a fella died on Saturday on the way into the game. I think he sat in the East Paddock. I'm not sure. I didn't know anything. I just knew because we got there. And there's police horses and stewards and we couldn't get through and it was, you know, a little bit chaotic. So, you know, we're, we're sitting talking about this, that and the other in the morning. I mean, I more than anyone, but yeah. So I don't know who the fellow was and my thoughts to the family and his loved ones because that's just horrible and that's real life. And that brings us all down to earth with a bump. And I'm going to hand over to Clive now to cheer everyone up. <laughs> yeah, notoriously happy, cheerful Clive. And you, you're handing me that pass. Um Okay, well, I'll do a positive one then. Reggie Cannon, we haven't really talked about. Yeah, I think, right. I think it's miraculous that he's here. Um, I suspect he thinks it's miraculous that he's here. And uh, I think there's been some stern conversations between him and his agent over the last few weeks. Possibly, <laughs> possibly a new agent <laughs> might be might be in order there. This doesn't look like Glasgow. <laughs> yeah, <this> one. <laughs> Um, so I thought he looked really good at, well, yeah. not really good, but he at least looked like a footballer at West Brom. He put, he put one cross in the likes of which I'm told Lyndon Dykes is meant to thrive on. Dykes watched it sort of go by. I mean, I suppose you can forgive him, you know, being surprised by it playing for us over the last few months. Um, but Cannon, I think, I thought looked a great sign on paper. I'm still waiting to find out what's wrong with him. I've been impressed in the little bits that we've seen so far. That could be a, a big, you know, for a manager that wants to play 4-3-3 with inverted fullbacks, supposedly, that could be a huge gain. Again, not a marginal gain, an actual gain. So looking forward to seeing uh, more of him um, and pleased for him that he doesn't have to play Ainsworth Ball and Sifuentes has arrived. I suspect uh, God-fearing American boy this week has at least, I suppose, restored Reggie Cannon's faith in the power of prayer, I would think. So, uh Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Is he is he Christian? Is he? He's American, mate. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> as many people pray I'm for gonna, him. Oh, well, I'm going to get in trouble for that. Like I need to. I've been write, writing a list of things that I might get in trouble for tonight. And that's going to be on there, isn't it? I don't think you can get in trouble for saying someone's a Christian, Clive. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm not going to throw you to the lions for that, mate. Honestly, you'll be fine. That's uh, very good for you. To be fair, you're, you're, you're welcome. No, I mean. I think we need as many people praying for us as possible of all faiths, so I'm happy with that. There's nice, yeah, good point and a good one to end that. If one thing we got right, Cannon certainly looks like he could fire us into decent performances for us. So there you go. Two for the price of one, and I'm not doing it anymore. It's a shame we didn't keep baller, wasn't it? <laughs> Muted laughter, folks. I heard it too. Right, we're going to be back next week after a lovely trip to Rotherham. Um, this is Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast. Please keep listening. Keep letting us know what you think of the podcast. And, um, yeah, especially when Clive's on, because it always makes me laugh. And um, he'll be on again in a couple of weeks, lads. We'll, we'll be on about 4-0. Don't worry about it. It'll be grand. Right? Everyone, have a safe trip. Stay safe in this mad, mad, mad world. And um, see you all again soon. Thanks for listening. Oh